Hey, what's going on, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of the Change What We Normalize podcast, where we have powerful conversations to break down disempowering stigmas. And today I have a special guest with me. I'm glad that he, you know, offered his time today. And um, this brother right here, I've known him for a few years now, um, really watched him from a distance and watched his work. Um, he's incredible. He's a poet, uh, visionary. Um, the first, actually, this is huge. The first winner at Rec Philly's first annual IDMA Awards, he was the top experience creator. Um, this dude does it all, man. And he's also the founder of Voices and Power, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. But with no further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Lewis Marrero. So I got to just take that, set it <laughs> as my like alarm in the morning. Right, right, so right. I'm here to and wake up to that amazing intro you put together. Thank right. you, man. Nah, Appreciate nah, it. man. You deserve it. You put the work in. Um, and I guess real quick, what I, so I don't want to be rude, um, but I want to do this real quick. And I want to start doing this with every guest that I have. I want to do a mental health check-in. Um, I wish I'd have been doing this before, but I really want to do this now. I think it's important that we check in on each other. So on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being like amazing, Mm-hmm. You know, and one being like, yo, I feel like I might need to get some professional help. Where are you on a scale of one to ten? Honestly, I say I'm at a seven. Speaking, yeah, right now. That's solid. Seven, seven, solid. I'm about a, I'm about an eight. I'm about an eight. I had a really good start to my day. Yeah. Um, but seven, seven, solid, man. Seven, working on eight right now. But again, I think that that's super important, y'all. Um, I do this with my friends all the time. We do this check-in, but I think it's super important that we constantly check in with each other because the reality is we don't know what anybody's going through. We just make assumptions. Right. Like when I go when I go to speak, I wear a shirt that says, or I wear a hoodie that says, um, check on your strong friends. That's because I was the strong friend and people weren't checking on me. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think that it's important. And it's interesting because I go around saying, yo, how you feeling? And I remember somebody was like, what do you mean, how you feeling? I was like, how are you feeling? Like, I want to know how are you feeling? And I got all my friends into it now. My mom texts me every morning, how are you feeling? And I think that that's important because in passing, you know, it's like, hey, what's good, bro? You know, hey, hey, how you doing? But it's like, you don't really want to know how I'm doing. You just in passing. So my goal with that is to really slow people down so we check on each other, man, because you never know. You know, people have success and things like that, but you never really know what anybody's going through. So Absolutely. Have you met Rose? Rose, no. She works here. At rose, rose, rose. But one of the things that she's she's just like a ray of sunshine all the time. But she does something similar, and I anticipate it when I know I'm going to come across her. So I really start to process like what her question is, and like that. So she asks, "Give me a word like of how." So there's no like, "How are you?" Oh, I'm good. Right. Now nah, you can't say you're good. Like really dive into a, another type of word, and why do you feel like you feel like that? Mm, um, I like that. But it like really like, because like you said, in passing, it's just kind of like, yeah, I'm good. Even though it's like, mm, probably, like if yeah, you gave me a hug right now, yeah. long enough, I might break. Mm. Um, so I, I think it's dope um, to have someone else be intentional with like extending something more than just like a hello. Right, right. Hello. And I I, I, I got to meet her first and foremost. But um, I think it's huge, man, that we... Just continue to do that. Because, again, a lot of times we don't feel seen or heard. Right. You know what I mean? So I think that it's important that we slow down from time to time to just really, again, just check in on each other, y'all. I think that that's super important. You never know, you know, 
how it might help somebody. I know for me, a lot of times I went through stuff in silence, you know what I mean? And I just kind of did my thing. Everything looked good on the outside, but it's like, like you said, if you hug me long enough, I might just break and shatter. So yeah. I appreciate that, man. Uh, a seven, um, hopefully we continue to get that up. So yeah. I want to dive right into this and, you know, not waste any time. Um, I'm huge on stories, right? I'm huge on learning people's stories. I'm huge on sharing stories because I believe... The more that we share, the more people will feel like they've gotten permission to share their story. Yeah. The more people can heal, the more people can grow, the more people can be encouraged and motivated. So this quote that I live by says, uh, your story is about you, but it's not for you. It's for someone else. And I firmly believe that, you know, the things that happened in our lives, yes, it's about us. It happened to us, but it's not It's not for us. It's for us to pass on. Mm-hmm. It's for us to get through that test so we can have a testimony. So... I guess just briefly, I want you to share a little bit about yourself, about your background, you know, kind of tie in a little bit of story about, you know, who you are. Yeah, man. Just a regular boy from Runaway in Philly, um, born and raised there. Three younger siblings. Um, like most kids around away in Philly wanted to be a basketball star. Like, <laughs> right. And then my height, skill never happened. <laughs> um so that kind of went, uh, you know, that went out the window. But seeing my parents sacrifice, really never even spending time with each other, mom working days, dad working nights, kind of switching off the kids, um, growing up, a lot of hard stuff. Um, so and then I started to write mm-hmm. um, and just try to express myself that way. And we grew up big on family, big on like always being there for each other. Um, so growing up really had a lot of, things that I didn't know would help create who I am today as being like strong foundational pieces. And even some areas where I'm like, well, I don't want my life or my family dynamic or the way that I do things to look like these things. Mm. Um, Yeah, then grew up and then we moved to Jersey and then been rocking, been rocking since, yeah. Mm. Right, right, right. So, how long have you been in Jersey? Well, I moved back to Jersey because I I moved to Jersey, I think, when I was like 16. Mm. Um, Terrible. Hated my parents for it. (laughs) I didn't know nothing about Jersey. I'm coming from Philly. Middle of my high school, like um, 11th grade, junior year. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's tough. It was tough. It was tough. tough. Um, Really was just kind of like, Lost for like that last year and a half of school mm. until um, I ended up meeting some friends at the Art Institute, like after I graduated. And then um, I've kind of been back in Philly since then, mm. with the exception of like lived in Vegas, lived in New York. Right. Um, but yeah. Right, right. So, oh, so you, oh, you lived in New York? Yeah. Okay, you just kind of bouncing around a little bit. A little bit. But um, no, 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 that's good. That's good. So, Let's talk a little bit about, because you're a poet, um, not just a poet either, like an extremely talented, Thank you. powerful poet. Um, if y'all haven't, you know, go over to YouTube and just type his name in and just watch, you know, some of his work and watch how he puts these these stories together um, that really speak to the hearts and minds of the individuals listening. So. I guess more so, what was the genesis of that? Like, where did that start? The whole love for poetry, words, um, sharing that message. Like, where did that start and cultivate? 
Honestly, it started when I was a kid. Um, so I always, like, I started writing short stories, and I would, like, try to sketch little things mm. um, and, like, read it to my mom. And honestly, it didn't always get received well or, like, too busy or tired because she working. She's trying to make sure that we good. Um, so when then, like, random little kid stories started turning into, like, just pain, like, neglect or whatever, Ooh. and maybe just over-exaggerated in my mind, um, but in that moment, I was just like, oh, this this hurts. Mm. Um, so started writing like poetry like that, but really just book poetry. Growing up in Philly, um, where I was, guys played ball or, you know, you were kind of like in the street life and there wasn't room for someone to express their feelings through poetry or through words Facts. growing up. And the way that life is now with how art is so everywhere. Literally. 20 years ago, it wasn't really like that, at least from my experience where I was. Right. Um, so always wrote, never really did nothing with it, never thought that I was a poet or felt like I would one day perform or any of that. Almost straight A student to sixth grade, so I had to do an oral, uh, oral presentation. Mm. And I was terrified to speak in front of the <laughs> class, so I didn't. Oh, you didn't do it. Um, nah. And and almost <laughs> failed because of that. And then now, you know, it's literally what I do is speak in front of, you know, people. But was writing and then in 2008, um, two years after I, I graduated high school, a friend of mine at the Art Institute, when they still had their location in Center City, um, they were doing a drive to feed homeless people in the city. Right. They got a partnership from a local grocery store. That was like every person, um, every ticket that you get will feed X amount of people. Every performer that you get will feed X amount of people. Mm. So my friend was like, I know you write. Can you do something? And I'm just like, all right, I can't do what I wrote. <laughs> so on the train ride, I was in Jersey. So from Linnewall on the Paco into Center City, I was writing a poem on the train. Um, and it was called Love, right? Typical cliche. Right, like, right, right. You know, poet. <laughs> Audience went crazy for the piece. I was terrified. I'm like trembling. You could still find that on YouTube. Really? Um, but the audience is going crazy. From there, I walked out and was like, oh, we about to we about to be a poet. Like, I'm about to do this. That's lit. And then it was shattered again. Wow. Really? Yeah. What happened? I started going to open mics, right? Like, open mics um, around the city and... At that time, they were ran by, like, OGs. Like, OGs, like, people that I have relationship with now, but right. at the time, I didn't know they were the, like, gatekeep holders to, like, these spaces mm -hmm. um, because I didn't have a name, because, like, you know, whatever the situation is, I would go, I would sign up, and a lot of the times, I wouldn't even get called up, even signing up, like, number two, number three on the list because somebody walks in that's, like, a crowd favorite or that's wow. known around the way, they're getting pulled and then whenever I did get on the stage, um, because I'm like timid, you know, at the time I'm still trying to figure this out, still trying to find my voice, what my message is. Um, I wasn't really receiving respect at the foundation level of just like people paying attention. Mm -hmm. And it really crushed me. So and then I stopped writing and was like, I'm not do I'm not doing this no more. Mm -hmm. and, and gave it up for a couple of years. So what 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 sparked it, I guess, back up after that? I ended up moving to Vegas. Um, that was because like, I used to be like ashamed to say it. Um, but I ended up getting in trouble when I was 18, got a little record and I couldn't keep a job because mm -hmm. they kept finding my record because it was pretty serious. 
Um, so I was like, I got to get out of Philly, out of Jersey. Like, I just feel like I'm trapped and I'm trying not, I'm trying to get out of what, like, I was in. Mm-hmm. Bro, literally, I go on, like, you know, AmericanAirlines.com and they had a one-way special, like, on the ad to Vegas. So I bought the ticket for, like, two months out and moved out there. No place to live, no friends, no job in line. Wow. Bro, nothing. Just, like, I need something drastic. And it absolutely changed my life. I went out there, like my first week there, I came across a chick that was walking in the mall. She complimented the way I was dressed. We just kind of talking. She like, yo, if you're not doing anything tonight, um, I'm covering. And she was a she was a like a writer for a local newspaper, um, like digital. She's like, I'm going to cover this open mic that's at a Borders bookstore. I was like, all right, like. I don't really know how I feel, but, like, we're going to do it. So I went, um, and it's packed. They had this bookstore packed. But it's all people my age. And when I was in Philly, when I was going to open mics, I didn't really see people that were my age. They were a older, lot older. Older crowd, yeah, yeah. Um, so I was 21 at the time, and I'm in a room with a bunch of young 20-year-olds, like, doing their poetry thing. And no shade to, like, Vegas, but, like, Philly creates, like, some different type of poets right so when i got on the stage it was different from everybody else they had um i ended up getting on the radio getting featured on the news and even getting highlighted on the newspaper the young lady was writing about wow and then it like sparked my love for for poetry again and i did it the whole time i was out there Mm. wow that's dope yeah that's really dope and i appreciate um you know just your transparent transparency and and sharing that because i I never even knew that. That's that's incredible, and it's amazing how things kind of come back around, right? Absolutely. And you kind of build this level of resilience where you was down, down bad, and and this situation kind of aligned itself in a way where you really get back into what you're called to do. And now you're in a position now where you're blessing so many other people who was in the same position mm-hmm. or a very similar position that you were in from a from an artist standpoint. Um, I think that that is. It's incredible, man. That's really incredible and inspiring at the same time. So I want to shift gears a little bit because now you're in this position, right? You have Voices in Power, um, which is incredible, which is this amazing, amazing curated experience where you bring these artists together. And it's really just, I'll be honest, it's just a really good time. Like, if you're trying to get out and have a great time instead of going to the club, you just need to pull up the VIP and just hang out. And just kick it and experience um, the culture, man. Where did that start? The foundation of like VIP. So while I was out at the open mic mm-hmm. um, in Vegas, um, it was ran by a collective of of artists. Right. Um, they were they called themselves C Seven. It was seven of them. I forget where the C came from, but like their logo was like when you put the C up and you put the seven, it kind of like forms a G. And, like, it was, like, their value to, like, be genuine to themselves um, and to the culture of, like, poetry and stuff like that through their through their open mics. So when I left there, I came back home. I'm like, I ain't got no job again. I ain't, I'm back living in my parents' house. You know, I'm not in school. What am I going to do? Right. Well, I'm going to contact Borders Bookstore and see if I can do an open mic. But there wasn't a Borders really close to me, so I ended up going to Barnes & Noble. Right. Went to Barnes & Noble in Deptford, New Jersey. Yep. Um, kicked the idea. It was, I came home from Vegas in 2011. It was February. Um, had our first open mic April 3rd, 2011 at Barnes and Noble. 
like 130 people pulled up. Really? I, yes. I don't even know why, where, I how. mean, were you like, like really popular? Did a lot of people know you? Was it just... I think I was a little bit popular. Um, it, there was a lot of family. That's a great turnout. There, nah, it was. And then it, it sank, though. Two months later, oh. we had like 10 people in this really? place. Yeah. Wow, yeah. wow. Humble um, beginnings all over again. Listen. Um, and, you know, it was it was a free open mic. Um, and it was just an open mic. It, you know, just poet after poet or whoever. And um, I didn't know most of the people that were that were there. Most of the people that were performing. And really didn't even know what I was trying to do. Mm. Um, so because I didn't have like a vision in place to like work towards, it just started to crumble. And then literally got to a place where I'm we're waiting. And it's like me and two of my friends and like two people are sitting in this space waiting for, for an open mic to happen. Mm. And we're just like, we ain't got it. So and then Barnes & Noble was like, well, we, we, can't, we can't do this. And then... Uh, Lounge and um, right off of South Street contacted me. One of their curators was like, hey, I seen you on Twitter. And we'd love to bring that to Philly if you want. We'll actually pay you to come have that here. Um, blah, 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 blah. So and then we started there again, brought like 100 um, people. And then I just did it. Really no... No vision, really. No. The only thing I knew I didn't want, and that was because of what I experienced in Philly years prior, was uh, we never did features until our 10th year anniversary. And that's really? when we started doing features. And this is the first, when we launched back in March last year, like after the pandemic like kind of subsided, things started to open up. That was the first time we ever had features every single month. Was it, was it a reason why you didn't? I didn't care about your name. Ooh. Um, I didn't care about who you are, how popular you are, how many like um, followers you have or whatever. Um, this was a space for as long as you sign up, you're going to be able to touch the mic and do your thing. And we're not highlighting one person over someone else. Mm. Um, and it wasn't for, it wasn't even for from a place of like really knowing that. Right. I was just doing it out of like anger. Like oh, I didn't of- get on the mic at this space because I wasn't popular. Mm. So kind of like, who cares about the popular kids and right, this right. thing? There wasn't, it wasn't really for the culture. It was just like, I'm being petty and y'all right. made me feel away. Right, right, right. And we, we kind of touched base on that earlier before the recording of um, creating from that almost like a darker space, yes. right? So that, that's so interesting because you can be very successful doing that. Mm-hmm. You can be very successful creating from that. But dark I think space. it's so fragile, though. Also, for sure, yeah, for sure, for sure, it's definitely fragile, um, and it's like one of those things where what happens when you're no longer in that dark space? It's like, mm-hmm. can you still right. create? Right, right. Can you still show up? And for a lot of artists, I know they've struggled with that. You know, let's think of you know Mary J. Blige. <laughs> I always use Mary J. Mary Blige, J. Yo. Always for this exact example, because <laughs> it's like. We love her for her music, but it's all pain music. Yeah. Soon as she try to step out, it's like that ain't it, bro. I'm like, I don't want to hear this heavy song. <laughs> and it's messed up for us yeah. as consumers because it's like, yo, I need you to make that that stuff that had right. me in there. But right. it's like that came from a real place for her. Mm-hmm. It's it, you know like an Usher's Confessions album. It's like that right. joint slap. But it's one of those things where it's like, 
I want you to create that, but I don't want you to go through the pain that you had to do to create that. But for us, you know, creators, artists, we create from our heart. And for you as someone who was creating from a space or, or putting this together to show like, yo, we don't need y'all kind of thing. You're obviously, I would assume, in a much better place now. Yeah. How have you really elevated, you know, what you have going on, especially with VIP? Like when you stepped out of that that dark space, okay, like, all right, I'm I'm done with trying to prove to y'all that I can do this. Yeah. Man, I think um, it took me a really long time to realize that whenever VIP wasn't going well, um, it's because I wasn't doing well. Mm. Um, and mm. I'm, I'm, I can't create something. I mean, you can, right? Because we talked about like, you could be successful creating from a dark place. Right. Um, but I believe that the foundation is very fragile. Yeah, we can build it, but really it only takes a moment to kind of collapse this thing. Um, and whenever I collapsed, VIP collapsed. And then I'd step into the next thing, creating from a collapsed place, like broken on the ground, trying to figure it out. And I'm and, you know, and the beauty and the the scary part of art and things that we create is um, people can feel it. Can feel it for sure. Right. So like whenever you share like a poem about domestic violence and you've been in a situation similar, you hear you start to feel like things that you did Um so when I got into a better place personally, and that really was only like four years ago, mm-hmm. um, everything before that, it was just like very selfish. Voices in Power is very selfish. We were getting a lot of people. We were like, you know, selling out 200 tickets every single month and like people were having fun. But the foundation, the core of it was selfish. It, it just was like, I wasn't a good person. Um, my intentions were like not okay. And then once I started to like figure out, I had hit this place of, um, I don't know, it was weird. In retrospect, I understand that it was an encounter with God. Mm -hmm. Um, at the moment I just woke up and for the first time in my life, I contemplated suicide Mm -hmm. because my life was in shambles. VIP wasn't going well, and because I didn't know who I was or where I stand foundationally, like, in my identity, um, because VIP wasn't going well, I'm like, well, what do I have to offer? Mm-hmm. Who am I? Um, and I hit this place where I just felt lost, and I felt the only way out of it was to abandon everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I cried. Wow. Cried, cried where my mom came. I mean, you know, I'm I'm at my parents' house, just downstairs in the, the family room, not even afraid to like hide it. I'm just like, I don't even know what's going on. My mom's coming down, like, is everything okay? They're assuming it's like relationship stuff or whatever. Yeah. And I'm just like, I don't have words. And then my dad comes down, he like sends everyone out the house. He's like, Is it like a man thing? Like what what's going on? Like, is everything okay? I'm like, I don't know what it is. I don't have language. And at the end of it, it was so calm. I almost felt like I, I poured everything out of myself. And when I was done, I literally like spoke out loud. I was like, I'm going to be okay. Mm. Um, and then from that moment, I tried to be a little bit more intentional with like just being a good person. And then Voices in Power started to, to get to a good place. And then maybe like two, three years ago, 
Uh, I no longer wanted to call it an event. I wanted to create an experience. An event is something you attend. An experience is something you feel. Mm -hmm. It's something that inspires you. It's something you hold. It's something you take. Um, And I wanted to do something different. So we started really trying to be intentional with, like, these, like, steps that people aren't realizing that, like, we're making you feel these different steps when you step into this place so that when you leave, you feel good, you feel light, you feel love, you feel seen, you feel value, heard, right. um, and you have fun. Right. Yeah. Man, that was, whew. That was beautiful. Um, and I can attest to what you just said in regards to that feeling of feeling seen and feeling heard and feeling loved and feeling energized. I know the last one I attended um, in person, I remember leaving feeling so inspired, so inspired. And I don't know if it was just the energy in the room, if it was the other just artists. It was just an energy that I was feeling like, yo, I just feel inspired to create, to to laugh, to smile, to yeah. to to conversate, to connect. And that's exactly what happened. And that's powerful that you can or that you have created that level and that kind of atmosphere. But like you said, it took self-work. Mm-hmm. It took you really working on you. And I want somebody to hear that because somebody right now is, is trying to build something. You're trying to grow something, um, but you haven't worked on yourself. And I think that that's super important when you take time to pull back and work on you. Um, Similar to you, for what I'm doing with my brand and what I'm doing with Change What We Normalize and speaking and being a mental health advocate, those things didn't really take off. Like, I didn't become, you know, a best-selling author prior to me taking care of Mm -hmm. me. It took a moment where I was like, yo, I'm tired of being in this space. I know what that feels like. I don't want to be there no more. You know what I'm saying? That's that's my comfortable spot, and I want to get uncomfortable. And I started to seek healing, and I started to do things that were good for me. And when I started to do that, things really started to elevate in my life, slowly but surely. And I can see that, you know, just from the outside looking in for you and your life and everything that you're creating and doing. So that's powerful, man. That's powerful. And I, wa- I want to ask this question uh, just to transition a little bit because you're a father now. I am a father. You're a father now. So that's that's powerful because me and my wife were talking about kids earlier. It's the whole thing. I don't know if we're going to have any soon, but we were talking about it. Um, but I'm inspired by fathers who are, are there in their child's life, you know, who, who genuinely love them and care for them and at the same time don't use their child as a scapegoat to not do what they're supposed to be doing or called to do. That's the reason of yeah. to keep going, to that's keep doing reason. it. That's good. And because I see a lot of parents, and this, this is so unfortunate, they make excuses because of the child. It's almost as they made their child a burden. Yeah. And it's like, yo, that's the motivation. Like, like, what do you mean? You got any any thoughts on that? Oh, I got thoughts for sure. <laughs> I feel the same way. I think it's... So it wasn't something that was planned. Right. Um, Growing up, so like my father isn't my biological father. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't know that until later in life, and it was a hard piece. But and then I got older, and I realized like he's a solid man, and I thank him so much um, for helping create me. But and then when I had my son, I really got to a place of like a couple of different places. Like, how do men not want to be involved? 
I think the, about that all the time, bro. It blows my mind I because when I look at my son, I'm just like, it's just the greatest <laughs> feeling in the world. It's like unexplainable. Um, yeah, man. And and all it did was, like, I was living in Philly, um, a, a apartment. I had my storefront. We found out. I was like, oh, we need a house. Mm. And I made it my, I was like, girl, you're going to have a house before we have this kid. Like, I'm going to, we're going to have a house because I want to set this foundation up because everything mm. is for him. It's, I'm, my grandfather passed a few years ago from cancer. And in the last few months, I was fortunate enough that because I was an entrepreneur full time, that I was able to spend time with him. Right. I took him to all his appointments with my grandma. I was over the house all the time. I was there as much as I can. Mm. And in his last few months, although it wasn't something that he communicated outright, he he began to tell a lot of stories. Wow. And for me, I took that as, man, he's passing on like his legacy. There's like there's a baton being it's passed through the stories because he wants to be carried beyond his physical life, right? Mm. And we get to do that with memories. We get to do that with hearing stories and with different experiences. So I started to really learn the importance of like, just like that legacy aspect. And it really began to like hit me a little bit differently. And then when my son was born and I got to like hold him, it, it, there was just like everything inside my like, Man, I have every single reason to go hard so that he gets to live a phenomenal life. Dang. And like, that's what I'm doing. So like... We I mentioned it to you earlier, and it's like, voices empowered to me. I think it's anybody that creates anything, right? We're a little bit hard as far as, like, the critique and, like, oh, I could have oh, been sure. more, blah, yeah, blah, yeah, blah. Right? always. Um, so I look over the years. Um, I'm honored to have, like, won that award for, like, you know, being the top experience creator. And in the, in the thing, I'm like, I'm not going to win it, right? Like, th- those people are doing so much more, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a lot of doubt. Um, and people give praise to, like, yo, you've done a lot with VIP, and that stuff is solid. But when I had my son, I was like, oh, VIP? And then I started using, like, in a lot of our posts, like, this is only the beginning. Mm, Like, all right, we about to hit 11 years, but this is only the beginning because now there's a new foundation that's set, which means that, like, the ceiling is is at at a higher height than it was before. Right, right. So, like, I'm really trying to, like, go ham. So, like, by the time he really starts to understand things, bro, you ain't living no regular life. Or or not or yeah. like your regular a regular life is going to look different than right. like maybe a lot of other kids that that you go to school with or whatever. Mm, and I I want to put a actually I want to put a pin right there because you just said that it's going to be a lot different. I was on we were on our honeymoon right me and my wife we were in DR at this beautiful you know resort multi million dollar resort beautiful mm-hmm. and something I noticed was this was that there were a lot of families there with their you know, babies, their young kids, their teenagers. And I grew up, you know, Woodland Terrace, the, you know, projects. It was just rough, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that was normal to us. This is normal to them. Yeah. Like, this is how people are living. You know what I'm saying? This is what people are experiencing. This is what your kid is exposed to. Right. So right. they're not impressed by, you know, you have a daughter, she's not impressed by some dude coming up trying to flash money. And it's yeah. like, right, we've been. Yeah. And that that's powerful that you have the mindset of like, yeah, I'm gonna create this for you. And that's that's that gotta be like a motivation like no other. 
Absolutely. And you, you, I, hey, tell my wife I'm, I'm out, I'm on the way. We are gonna work <laughs> on this. Um, yeah, we gonna, we gonna have a kid. Listen, man, <laughs> and it'll. I mean, you were talking about your wife earlier, and um, and you can tell, like I mentioned, like just a simple line, like she's solid. Mm-hmm. By the way that you could, like the way that you talk about her, I can tell, like she's solid, right? Like she's a good person. Um, when you see her give birth, bro. It will blow away the perception of how you view her and take that thing to a, an extreme other level. Mm. When I see Deanna give birth to Carter, um, a lot of people were back and forth of like, don't watch it. Most of the men in my family were like, don't look, don't look, don't look. <laughs> and I'm and I'm an experienced bull. Mm. And like I, I was like, I don't really know how I feel, but I feel like I can't miss this. Right. Mm. And we had, we had, she had a complicated birth. Um Really bad, like they didn't think my son was gonna make it. Mm. Um, then book cord was tied around his neck. I knew that like all these doctors stormed in, and it was just like this whole thing. And she's completely out, um, she has no recollection. They pull him out, he's blue, not breathing. Um, and they had to take him out and try to figure out whatever, um, figure out whatever. Um, so in about 10 minutes, they bring him back in, um, and then they were like. And God, he's okay. He's breathing. Everything is good. And it's crazy because, like, in that moment, and it like it's it's hard to think about. But like in that moment, there was a there was like this thought of like, I'm not even worried about him, whether he makes it. I mean, I want him to make it, but if he doesn't, like, I have to focus on her. Mm, that's deep. It completely changed the way that I look at her. Um, so like when you get to that point, bro, mm-hmm. it's just like it's a phenomenal experience, um, and and mothers are superheroes, man. Right, like, yeah, absolutely, definitely superheroes, and um, I feel like what you're talking about, it needs to be normalized, especially amongst us men, because mm-hmm. there's always the stigma of the dad leaving, and I know from my family we've experienced that for generation after generation mm-hmm. after generation. And um, the way you talk about it makes it sound so beautiful and like, yo, this is the best experience. Like, it's, it's going to be challenging. You know, the yeah. baby going to be up, stuff going to happen. But like, bro, this is the best thing ever right now yeah. in my life. And I'm excited to see what comes of that, you know, as as he grows into his own person mm-hmm. and just is bugged out to think that we can even create in that way. And um, I was listening to something earlier where they were saying that we carry generations inside of us, men. They was pretty much saying, when the father is healed, the family's healed. Mm-hmm. And for my family, we've dealt with a lot of just trauma and mental health issues from the past, and it goes generations back. And I was thinking about myself being like the trailblazer in the family. So, you know, first generation high school and college graduate, first generation entrepreneur, all these different things. I'm like, yo, I got to be the one to like stop this cycle. Mm-hmm. And I carry generations inside of me. So... For you to have that level of love and you just, you can see it when you talk about him, just like the whole situation and everything. It's just, it's beautiful to to see another man, you know, love his son in that way. And I think, again, that's something that we really need to to normalize, right? Especially amongst dads, man. And I want to ask you in regards to, you know, your creative process, um, you're getting back into to writing, mm-hmm. which is powerful, Um do you feel like you've been more inspired since having your son? Yes. Not as much in regards to like my personal writing. 
Um, but he does. I'm. I'm t- he's the reason. Like he is the reason of like why I move the way that I do right. in my in my creative process. Um, and it almost felt like Voices in Power was practice for fatherhood. Ooh, on like, like that. how to Ooh. because like I love people. Right, right. Right. And I'm I try to be intentional with when I listen. Um I try to be intentional with like the way that like friends started calling me like a professional encourager. Cause like I'm not the friend that like you could come around, especially if it's a creative idea, and just like not do anything with it. I'm like, nah, we getting a whiteboard. Right, like I'm busy. standing up, like we we about to put in this work. Um so when I look at my son, just like the way that like I I go to like do anything for him, it it transfers to my so now it's like almost like a full circle. Mm. Um where it's like this is the reason I do this, but it's because of this and this is the reason like I because I'm able to parent him, because I'm able to like create this life, create these experiences for him, right? When I go to do that, I'm just it's the same way. It's almost like I'm being a father to the audience and like mm. all I want to do is to see you smile, right? Like the audience. All I want to do and just not exterior though, right? Like you mentioned um carrying generations and like if the father healed, then the family's healed. There's a poet, visionary, the poet, um, she has a brand. I have one of her shirts and it says, heal so your kids don't have to. Mm. Right? And I take I that, that in. shirt too. Yeah, bro. Fire, yeah, color, yeah, cream, yeah, yeah. like Fuck it's a nice in. shirt too. Fuck me um, But when I'm, in a, when, I'm, when I'm looking at the audience, that's, that's how I'm feeling. Like, mm. really just trying to make sure that like, I'm, I'm creating, I'm doing things from this place of being whole so that the feeling you said, like, when you come in, it's just, like, the energy, like, that's intentional for, for, for me and my team. Like, trying to make sure that regardless of whatever's going on, you step into this, pl- this place and there's freedom here. There's safety. There's comfort. There's growth. Mm. There's really whatever it is that you want and need to experience. Like, we're, like, putting in work to make sure you experience this. Um, and being a father allows me to be more intentional with just, like, well, what are they feeling? What do they need? Mm. Like, well, my son, because he can't talk, he doesn't know how to communicate outside of crying. If he got to get his diaper changed, he's crying. If he's tired, he cries. When he wakes up and he wants us, he cries, hungry, <laughs> cries. You know what I mean? So, like, that's his way. Um, when I look at that, I, I kind of get that with the audience, too. Like, they're not crying, but a lot of the times we don't know how to communicate the things that, that we need outside of, like, one way and it's really like the only way we know, mm. right? So for artists, I really try to use the experience to create whatever it is that you need, like change the diaper, feed you, whatever, inspire you, connect you with the plug, whatever the situation is. Um, and from reviews and you know conversations, I think we've we've done pretty well with it. Yeah, yeah, you've you've done amazing with it. I wouldn't even say pretty well, and I just love the the analogy and tying it all in in that way, like really caring for the crowd. Because what it seems like is you've pulled yourself away as the face of it. Yes. And allowed it to be its own thing that's just nurturing people, which is powerful because it allows you to stay true to yourself where you don't feel like you have to compromise anything. Or you you literally, I've watched you take yourself off of the pedestal. Yes. And come down in the audience. You know what I mean? 
literally and, you know, kind of metaphorically as well, but I've watched you kind of, you know, I'm, I'm like, y'all, you know what I mean? Yeah. And this is a safe, this is literally a safe space. You know, I've seen artists go up there, one might have a notebook, one might be a beast with it off the top, but it's like everybody gets love. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's such a beautiful and encouraging thing. So if you are in the area, you definitely need to come out to Voices in Power. It's fire. Um, I want to shift gears again because I want to talk more about you, um, your, your writing, your creative process and things like that. But I also want to talk about Wine Poetry, which you was, you know, just featured on. Um, super fire piece. Was it called? I believe Dream Dreamers. Dreamers. Um, super fire piece. Tell me a little more about how you create. So everybody's a little different. Mm-hmm. We were talking earlier. Some people get in the space with other people. You got throw some music on in the background. And everybody's flowing. Some people need to be alone. Some people, like you said, you was on. The, I think the train or something. You just boom. What's that process look like to you? Do you? Does it kind of just happen on its own, or can you just curate that process or like? Force it. I know for me as an author, a lot of times it has to just come to me. But mm-hmm. there has been times where I'm like, yo, seven days a week at this time, I'm going to write for two hours. Whatever comes out, comes out. You do that? Yeah, I did that for my very first book. I would get up every morning at 6 a.m. By 6.30, I'd be downstairs on the patio and I'd write for an hour straight. And some days it'd be three pages. Some days it might be a paragraph. Yeah. But I wanted to be real disciplined with it. And that's how I got my first book. The second book was all inspiration and it was done in two months. Dang. But it's like, it's it's different. So I want yeah. I love to hear people's creative process. So share a little bit more about yours. That train ride was a freak of nature one time thing. Uh, that is not, <laughs> it's not the, the norm. Way. No. I thought you'd just be spitting them out. Nah. <laughs> I'm, I need to be by myself. Mm. Um. Like, I love being at the kitchen table, late night, you know, stuff, everyone sleep, hoodie on, like, over my head to really just, like, escape everything and, like, just sit with my thoughts and my feelings. Um, And, like, that's how I need to create. Sometimes it's a little easier to create if, so that piece, Dreamers, I was performing at a school on uh, Martin Luther King Day for, like, sixth graders. So it was very, like, for, like, kids. Hmm. And then for whatever reason, people love the poem. So, like, it's helped, like, you know, me become, like, a talented poet in people's eyes because of that poem. But topics help me a lot also. Without a topic, it has to come to me. And if it doesn't come to me, I'm not even going to attempt. Now, I know that I want to step out of that. I want to do that, which you mentioned, like, really set aside a time because I think if I make space, it'll happen. Right. Right. Um, so I think I want to start setting aside a time like, yo, from this time to this time on these days. Right. Even if it's something I won't share, even if it's something that that won't flung. do anything, kind of just like get into the habit of writing. Because I know that I'm stepping back into a season of being a performer because I stepped out of it to be a like an experienced curator, uh, where I was like, I'm gonna remove. That's why I don't I don't even perform at VIP, because mm. I wanted to step away from like being seen as a an, as a poet and like kind of like flex on like see how well I do as like really creating an experience for other artists. Right. Um, so, but now I'm getting back into a season where I want to write. I want to be a performer. Um, so Wine Poetry, I went out there. 
I ended up landing a feature and got my whole team feature also. So we'll be back out there in April, May, I, and June. I have to cut you off. But how does that work in getting like connected with them in regards to like how you or is it because of you know just connections you've already had? They've already seen your work. They um started following me on Instagram, mm. like my personal page, maybe like three months ago. Wow. Um, and in those three, and I was like, why are you, because they got like 150,000 followers. They're like nationally, um, and like worldwide known. Mm -hmm. Um, and they follow like 2000 people. Mm. So when they followed me, I'm just like, why are they following me? And I wasn't even active as a, as a poet, as a performer, you going on my page, you're going to see Carter, (laughs) like my son, family stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, so they follow, I follow back, um, so and then I over usually with like bigger things like that. If they notice me, I don't want to get as noticed as much as Voices in Power. So I switch over to Voices in Power and then follow them from Voices in Power's page. Um, they follow back and then I shoot the message from there. Um, and we just started building. We just started chatting, having a little conversations. Um, and it was they do their open mics weekly on a Wednesday. I work Monday through Friday, mm-hmm. um, and I'm just like I can't go on a Wednesday. Right. But my um, girl was like, nah, you got to you got to go. You got to go. Like, just go. go. Just make it happen. Um, So I was like, all right, well, I'm going to do it for December. Um, I think it was December that I went. Um, December. Yeah, I think it was. It was like early December, maybe. Bought the ticket, got the Airbnb. I was like, all right. So literally just going for for that. And um, I ended up convincing two of my team members to rock out with me. we went, and we they did their thing. Like, um, and I'm it. proud of them, and they Blazed and they killed it. So from there, um, the owner came up to me and was just like, "You'll be getting an email shortly. We we want to feature you." And I was like, "That's love, but you can't just feature me. Like, I I gotta come with my team." That's fire, right there. Um, That's what it's about. Yeah. So we we got the features, and I they let me pick the dates. So I picked the fourth Wednesday of April, May, and June to give us time to be able to like, you know, so that way we not just like the whole, like I want both of them with me, me with them, so that we get to do it together um, throughout the time. So the good thing about that is I know that my job's not gonna allow me to do that, right? I went to Houston. They didn't know that I was going to Houston. I gave another reason, and. Deanna right now is always like, quit. Like, mm. just quit and go in. She fully believes she, in Absolutely. Um, and it's so necessary because I need it. Um, I need to feel, as much as she feels security from me being a provider, I need her to feel secure and being provided for. Right, right. Um, like, without a doubt. For because sure. Because then it makes me like, all right, then I've really got to go here. It's another like, battery in your back. Yeah. Like, oh, word? And it's... I know exactly what you're saying because when I was released from my job last March, if my lady would have been like, yo, I need you to get another job, I probably would have got another job. Yeah. But she was like, yo, I want you, you know, focus on that. So similar. I didn't want to cut you off, but I no, had no. that thought. Very similar. Um, so and then we, so by April, I'll, or sometime before, maybe, I don't know, um, with a couple of contracts happening, April, um, I'll be back to being a full-time entrepreneur and Voices in Power is going to be crazy at that point. Yeah. That's lit. That is so lit. And um, 
I'm excited for that. Hopefully nobody from my job watches this. I'm excited <laughs> they for that. Hold just subscribe, but you ain't got to tell nobody. You know what <laughs> I mean? Just just chill out. Chill out. Don't hate. But no, um, nah, that's powerful. And again, I watched all of your guys' performances. They smoked them drums, first of all. You can tell it's definitely a different swag that y'all come with that yeah. um, just poets everywhere ain't got, man. Y'all was y'all was telling some stories up on that joint. But um, that's powerful, man. And I, I, I firmly believe that in a few months you'll be back in that position, but with a different mindset. Yeah, With absolutely. a more elevated mindset to really take this to the next level. And I believe just from our conversations and just seeing what's going on, like where things kind of like shoot off. Things kind of like shoot off. And I keep telling that. myself, yeah, and I, and I don't mean to cut you uh, off, but like... Um, that this is the year for the artist. Like I claim that January 1st, it feels something for people who are creating in their artistry, their craft. Like this is the year of the artist. Like this is your time. Like people, I mentioned like we'll be in this studio in a couple hours, like after we're done here, young lady from my job, she don't really know nothing, but she gave the idea that like she wants to make music. And I'm like, okay, well let's make music. And, like, very different personality. So, like, around certain people, it just seems a little different. But when we one-on-one, like, I can see, like, oh, this this does mean something to you. And she came up to me the other day and was like, hey, I just want to thank you, like, for believing in me. Mm-hmm. And I was telling her, I was like, this is our time. This is the time. Like, you have to go for it. And just like with Voices in Power, like, how do you get started? You just start it. You just start, bro. You just start it. And then you'll figure it out. Until you get to a place where, like, you found, like, the mark. Mm. Like, you figure it out. You just get started. So I'm really excited for the for the year, mm-hmm. including for, like, you and just, like, people who are really out here. Mm-hmm. I think 2022 is going to be pretty epic for a lot of artists across across the board. Yeah, man. It's, it's huge. And it's, it's, it's simple, but it's difficult. Yeah. Like, yo, just start. Yeah. Like, my year 10 ain't about to look like your year one. Just mm-hmm. We don't get here. We don't get to this experience of having hundreds of people here and, and different artists. We don't get to wine poetry. We don't get to these things if we don't just yeah. start. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, I'm, I mean, you got me hype. I'm about to run through a wall. At this <laughs> I'm about to knock the <laughs> nah, mics listen, over and run out the door. <laughs> so um, as we kind of more so come to a closing, um, you kind of share some things what's next for you. Um, but uh, are there any specific like projects or anything that you really you know want to share, get out there, promote any upcoming experiences with VIP? Anything you want to share? When's this drop? When's this drop? <laughs> this a drop? What's today? Well, because I, it, I wanted, I wanted to, to whatever. I'll just say it. I don't think they're gonna see it anyway. Um, we are. We got a contract with a fly little spot. Um, so we'll be launching some new experiences. We're really trying to get away from being an open mic organization. Mm. Like I consider Voices in Power to be an arts and community organization. Um, community like, because, you know, we're, we're, we, we still feed the homeless. We, you know, collect toys for kids. Like we do so a lot a of stuff like that. It's a whole thing outside of yeah. just what happens here. Just the, the in-person right, show. Right, right. Yeah. Right. So... We've been diving into creating like workshops, um, like virtual experiences, but another in-person experience that we're launching monthly in Philly will be like an R&B love type vibe. I'm pulling up too. That zone about to be crazy. I'm pulling up. I'm getting fresh. I'm pulling yeah, up. Yeah, man. I've been looking for something to go, th- go to. And that's what we're trying to do, right? Like, 
kind of give you the going out vibe. Like you could take your lady, you get dressed nice, like it's good food, the the ambiance is like is set well. Um, but still my heart is artist, so I'm always gonna put artists on. So like how do I do for them and still do for the people that like wanna go out and have a good time or whatever the case is. So like really jumping in and swinging into like the music scene, but almost like replacing like the lounge club type thing. Like you still get to come have a good time. The music gonna be nice. Um so we're working on that. I'm I'm super excited for that. Because and then in the summer, it'll be rooftop, deck, pool, outdoor, cabanas, like Yo, it's something and, about a rooftop. I don't know what it yeah, is about man. being on the rooftop, yeah. bro. I'd be hyped to just say, where I'd be looking online, like, yo, where's the rooftop lounges at? It's just a vibe. Yeah, so we about to do it and City Hall is right there, like you just see it. It's, the view is beautiful, and the space is like probably one of the most pretty, like beautiful places I've been into that's in Philly. Mm. Um, and they've reached out to us. Um, it's not a space that you can rent, um, but they reached out and they were like, hey, our people, the higher ups, want what you do, like, and they're giving it to me off this, off those strength. And we going in there, we about to create. Man, it's, it's something about God's timing, bro. Because even at, like the way you're talking about this, I think about what if this was three to four years ago? Wouldn't have been ready. You wouldn't have been ready. We'd have tried. Oh, but for it, sure. it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have happened and been executed the way that that shifts a lot. Like this changes a lot, even for my team. I had a meeting a couple of days ago, and I told my team I was like, "Yo, I want y'all to really understand that like this isn't a me thing." I, I like that you mentioned. I'm glad that 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 someone notices it. Um, I don't need to say it publicly, but like I really do try to remove myself from being the face of Voices in Power. I don't want to be the face of Voices in Power. I just want to be like the machine that's like behind the scenes running it because the face is all the artists. Mm. It's the community, like it's the city. But um, I told my team like, yo, this is not a me thing. Like by the end of this year, my personal mission is to take both of y'all out of y'all jobs. And cut y'all, like, y'all salary, and we just running Voices in Power and, like, because I'm believing, mm-hmm. right? Because we'll be, we're, we're in the process of launching Houston, right? Um, New York. We had a little couple pop-up joints out there. Florida. And then we'll have two in Philly. Mm. Once we launch Houston, Florida, and New York, I just think it's only but a matter of time for other cities to start kind of catching wind, other venues contacting us. And then I just want my team to run regions in the country and we just throw events full time for artists everywhere and that's lit and that's powerful and i know for a fact that that's going to happen um just because of the reason your your why yeah. and that's why it's going to happen you know because obviously things get challenging things mm-hmm. are going to come up there will be adversity but that reason why is is going to be the reason why you remain resilient and because you're also being selfless about it like you said i'm looking to help i want to get y'all out of y'all positions and allow y'all to step into this and use all of your gifts. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I think that that's powerful that it's not just I want to blow this up for me. I want to make sure my family good. Like that's going that's going to take yeah. care of itself. I got that. But I want to be able to put y'all in a position as well, man. And um this has been an excellent conversation. I'm going to be completely honest, man. This has been a yeah, conversation. The first time we actually sat down and like like talk talk. Yeah. You know what I mean? But um I'm just glad that we were really able to do this and I'm I'm super grateful you know, for your time, because you are a business man, you do have a family, you are, you know, a business owner, you are doing these different things. And I'm blessed and honored 
that we were able to just share space today. Um, and I know that y'all definitely, for sure, enjoyed this one, man. So real quick, tell people where they can, you know, find you, follow you, um, if they want to get in contact with you, anything like that. Go ahead and share that that information. Yeah, so on social media, the first thing you could do is go check out our Instagram. So it's Voices in Power underscore. Um, that's the place to kind of see everything that's going on with that. My personal social media is I'm Super Dope underscore, and then you can find everything at I'm Super Dope dot com. Right, right. So make sure y'all follow. Um, both of those pages um, hit the website look support man he's doing incredible things y'all know i only rock with people who are genuine who really have a purpose behind what they're doing um and as you heard from his story and just everything he has going on he definitely has a purpose and why behind what he's doing and that's what makes it powerful and impactful so um, before we head out though as always with my guests i have them bring a quote uh lewis you brought this quote and i love it it says with love always. Nice, short, and to the point. Um, share a little bit about that, why you, you know, you kind of chose that quote, that quote that you live by. Yeah, man, I, 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 it kind of chose me. I know it's very simple, and I know it's just like, meh, but for me, it holds weight because love is the foundation um, in my life. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, I truly love, like, doing what I do. And so I know that when I'm doing it from a place of love, that even when it doesn't work out, like it served what it needed to serve in some degree or some capacity, mm-hmm. if I can see it or not. So as long as I'm pure to that, I know that like I'm, I'm doing pretty solid in, in my life. And, I, and I, when it's my time to, you know, to transition off this earth, that, that I got to do everything with love. And I, and I believe that that'll, that'll hold some weight. Amen, bro. That's powerful. That's so powerful. The quote again is with love always. I feel like that's something that should like be on the door as people walk out their house in the morning. You know what I mean? Just yeah. with love always. You know what I mean? And I think that that is extremely powerful, man. It's usually it's the most simplistic things, man, that are the mm-hmm. most powerful. The stuff that we call a cliche. It's like, yo, that joint is powerful, bro. Right. That joint holds weight. Um. So before I let you go. Uh, as you know, the name of the show is Change Will Be Normalized. Um, that's been my mission for quite a few years now. It was birthed out of a very challenging time. So there was it was a really hot summer in like the Atlanta County area where teens were getting killed left and right. And I was asked to speak at like a, a rally almost. And I rejected it. I was like, I don't wanna like I'm tired of this. I'm tired of y'all only popping out with news and all this stuff and coming out when people are getting killed. You know, and I went anyway, I ended up speaking and somewhere along that speech, I said, we need to change what we normalize and it just stuck. And what I was talking about was changing what we normalize in our communities. You know, the things that aren't working, you need need to change those things and do something else that does work and normalize that. Mm -hmm. It started with, you know, that event and then it went into my mental health and then it went into my fitness life and then it went into my business life. I'm like, yo, I can literally change what I normalize and everything. Like the things that aren't working, the things that add no value. Yeah. We need to change those and and normalize something that is of value. Something that does bring life to other people and positivity and love. So I wanna ask you, man, um and put you on the spot with this. <laughs> what does change what we normalize mean to you? Change what we normalize, what does it mean to me? I mean 
So you you mentioned right like how across generations, um, like you kind of see the father missing. Mm-hmm. Um, so like change what we normalize. I because because I am a new dad, I, I got to give it to to my son like how I parent how how I'm involved. Um, but and then also fathering artists and and the community and the city, um, changing what we normalize looks like that you can find purpose in art. Like art isn't just this like thing that people do when they're bored or they need a release of something. I feel that art can become something that fuels your life and feeds your family. And that's what I'm trying to like. Growing up, even from my parents, it was always like get a job to be secure, right? And it was like, that's just an art thing. Like, you'll just like always be a starving artist. So I'm trying to change the normalization around like that that artists can't make it, that artists can't build something sustainable, a life to not just like take care of how you feel, mm-hmm. but also like take care of a family or take care of a community of people or take care of a city. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's just... That's what I'm. That's just what I thought. And you're doing it, man. And you, and you're doing it. Shush, uh, man. I got so many different just thoughts and things after this conversation. And um, I just want to say first and foremost, thank you. Thank you. Um, for taking the time again to be on here and just being vulnerable, being transparent, um, just pouring into me as well as you know the audience and the listeners. This thing is gonna live on. Forever, whether yeah. people catch it, you know, when it releases, right? Whether people catch it next year, I believe that your words, your testimony, um, your experiences, your resilience is really going to bless somebody that's on the other side of this screen. Um, so again, I just I, I can't thank you enough that we had the opportunity to do this. So if you're watching this, if you're listening on whatever streaming platform, make sure that you like, subscribe, share. Uh, Leave a review. Also, um, something new that I'm doing, I have a text community, uh, which I've started a few months ago. I have about 50 people in it now. But if you want to join that text community, I'm going to have the link down. Um, It's going to be in the information section, right? And what it is, is just a community where I share insights and inspirations uh, daily, sometimes uh, more like every other day. But I share different things and I try to share as much value as I can. And it's free, right? So I want you to go down there. Uh, text the number, send your name, and add yourself to that community, and you know, be a part of this family that we got going over, going on over here. So, again, I appreciate you, bro. And Thank you. Uh, the new thing that I said we're doing, I just love to cover my people. Um, you know, no matter who they are, with just a quick prayer, nothing too deep. But I think that it's important that you know we kind of cover each other and pour into each other. So, for me, I felt called to do this, and um, we started last episode with Brenda and um, I just think that it's important at this stage of my life that I just cover the people I care about, people that are doing amazing things. Appreciate um, that. Because there's also, while there's so many people that love us and care about us, there's also energy from other people who want to see us fail. Yeah. You know, that want to pull us down and those people may be in the crowd. You know what I mean? Yeah. Those people may be shaking your hand and smiling. So I think that it's important that we just cover and protect each other, man. So, you know, I'm just going to go to a quick prayer. Uh, Father God, I thank you um, first and foremost for this space, this opportunity um, to really just connect with my brother Lewis and um, just be poured into and also pour into him as well, man. 
um, just thanking him for being such an incredible father to his son um, and just really normalizing having uh, uh, incredible dads in the lives of their children. Um, just covering and praying and protecting over him, Lord, and all that he's done with Voices in Power and every endeavor that he has, um, because he has pure heart and pure motives, I pray that you will protect what he's doing, but I pray that you will also elevate his platform, Lord, with everything that he has going on, as much as he, uh, nothing more and nothing less. And I pray that mentally he continues to grow, spiritually he continues to grow. Um, anything that he may need healing from, that that continues to grow as well. And I pray that you would continue to show him favor. I thank you again for this space that we're in at Rec Philly, um, for the opportunity to create and do this podcast. And I pray that this thing blesses somebody's life, whether it's today, tomorrow, next week, next year, 10 years from now. I pray that these words travel and pour into others. And I pray all of that in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. My brother, I appreciate you. And this has been another.